0: fans it is time once again for another edition of the live mic podcast my name is michael back your deputy editor of behind steel and we're bringing it to you again this week doing a deep dive into why exactly the Pittsburgh Steelers have 7 wins. Um uh, yeah, like obviously in this sense, uh, I have been on the record of saying uh, whether or not the Steelers are a team that has uh, played up to what their record currently shows, but uh, we'll get into a little bit uh, a little bit of this rather in just a moment. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor behind the steelcurtain.com, and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers find themselves in the thick of the AFC North race. Uh, Because of this, of course, the Steelers knocked off the Tennessee Titans 19-13. But once again, the Pittsburgh Steelers looked sloppy out of the gate. It's something they've done pretty much... Every week, the last five or six weeks now, uh, giving up uh, early scores, not being able to move the ball on offense, there is a laundry list of problems that this team has that needs to be corrected. And the Steelers really aren't very close to correcting much of this at all. And if they want to actually win this division, a lot of these things need to be corrected. So once again, the the topic of conversation today is whether or not the Steelers are really a seven-win team uh, with three games left to go in this season. Now, one of the main reasons why I want to just bring this up is the Steelers' run defense specifically is allowing pretty much more than 200 rushing yards per game. They did again, did it again against the Titans, and they didn't even have uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, they allowed them more than 200 yards to Dalvin Cook and company. Uh, they got torched up through the air by the uh, the Chargers, but Heck, even the Ravens uh, chewed the ball on the ground against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every team really has uh, been eating the Steelers' lunch lunch when it's come to running the football. Uh, Teams just look for wherever Chris Wormley or Henry Mondo or Isaiah Bugs or insert not Cameron Hayward defensive tackle is. And then they just drive that guy and the linebackers and the running backs pop off for seven-plus yard carries per pop. Um, It was worse against the Minnesota Vikings because... uh, The defensive backs weren't able to uh, make those initial tackles against the Titans. Micah Fitzpatrick and company were coming down, making solid plays on the football, getting guys down on the ground, and keeping the defense alive and not giving up 30-yard chunk plays every time the ball was handed off. That was a big step forward, but the Steelers still gave up more than 200 yards on the ground against a very beat-up Tennessee Titans offense. That is not the key to anything. Uh, The Steelers... I really, I should say, especially the last two games the Steelers have in the year here against the Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland Browns. After, of course, they played the Chiefs, uh, who we know was a high flying, high powered downfield type offense. But specific, specifically the divisional type games, the Browns are built to run the football. For whatever reason, they didn't do in the first Steelers matchup. I don't think they'll be that stupid, really, to do that once again. But um, the Browns and the Ravens, really, it, it scares me with how well the uh, the teams have been able to run the football against the Steelers' defense. Really, it just seems like another inevitable effort where the Steelers might have uh, some issues trying to get guys on the ground. And when you let teams run the football on you, like we saw in that uh, Titans uh, touchdown drive, drives can last close to ten minutes. You lose the position, ba- the possession battle. Your offense gets cold. Your defense gets tired, and things can go sideways really quick. Thankfully for the Steelers, they're able to beat the Titans because they're able to force turnovers. And really, to me, that's what this team is, defensively at least. They need to be a team that forces multiple turnovers to win football games. Heck, we saw the Steelers' offense, when they took the field after those turnovers, do absolutely nothing. Uh, A couple three-and-outs, they all led to field goal attempts. The Steelers didn't get any touchdowns off those turnovers, and that's something that has to change, especially if they have any playoff aspiration getting points off turnovers is great, but getting the football into the end zone is key on those types of situations. So the Steelers, both on offense and defense, have showed a lot of struggle. And despite this, they're still above 500. they still have more than a 20% chance of making the playoffs, and really they kind of control their own fate if they're able to pull off uh, what many would see as the unimaginable going 3-0 to end off these last three games here against the Chiefs, Browns, and Ravens. They're able to do that there's a really good chance the Steelers will be division champions but obviously uh, there's some other things that need to happen first along the way but getting back to today's topic are the Steelers really a seven-win football team right here as I sit here right now I tell you no really with how this team has started so slow in so many games, how they get gashed on the ground, how poor the offensive line looks sometimes. They just really don't resemble a team that uh, more than likely will end the year with a 500 or better record. They've willed themselves to this record. And really, I think one of the big factors that people, I'm I'm certain a lot of people do not want to hear is they, they've kind of outcoached some teams in a lot of perspectives, and they the Steelers coaching staff has kept the team's head in these games. They've kept them level-headed. They've kept them still grinding despite falling back to these huge deficits. The Steelers still continuously claw back in these games. They had no business clawing back against the Chargers. They had no business clawing back against the Vikings. They had to claw back to win against the Ravens. They had they had to come back in the second half to beat the Titans. How many of these games have the the Steelers clawed back when like so many other teams would have just folded down X amount of points. It really is a testament to what this coaching staff has been able to do. And I know a ton of you hate the job that Tomlin and company have done this year, but really if it wasn't for them, if you stuck about 20, 25 coaches from around the NFL on this staff, would the Steelers record be 7-6-1 and one right now? Would it honestly be 7-6-1 and one right now? And really I don't think it would be this team continues to play up despite some fundamental flaws. And really, their flaws r- like rely on their personnel. The Steelers at so many positions just aren't good enough. It's been a massive reason why they've lost these games and kind of been embarrassed. You can't really point the finger at the coaching staff for having guys like Chris Warmly or Henry Mondo, like I mentioned earlier, getting blown off the football and ending up in the lap of the linebackers. They just, because of, of these type plays because of these type players on those type running plays, they get gashed because they can't just stand in there and take on these blocks. The Steelers just, really, their personnel isn't good enough. It's just one of the unfortunates of this offseason, this past offseason, I should say, when the salary cap dropped and the Steelers had a cut a number of their players and forced to move on from a number of their free agents. If the salary cap rose and the Steelers were able to hang on to some of these guys, it'd be a different story. Heck, they would have been able to afford some better offensive linemen and not have to rely on multiple rookies to start, and multiple rookies that simply aren't good enough to start right away in this league. And that's what the Steelers have kind of been forced to do, um, and really because of it. And I know this isn't today's topic, but... I'm really confident this this team could take a massive step forward and improve their record by four or five wins next year with a solid off season with the t- with the amount of cash that they simply have. Uh, th- there are a few really good moves away, just savvy moves away from being a legitimate contender. They have some of the best defenders in football. They have some great talented youngsters on offense. Heck, Deontay Johnson he's exploded on the scene with his first thousand yard season, and I think he still hasn't even scratched his potential. He could be one of the better receivers in football and compete with anyone uh, for those reception crowns or those yardage crowns. He really could be that guy. And I don't think we've seen the best out of Pat Fryermuth or even Chase Claypool, who had a good rookie season but has definitely hit a sophomore wall. Really, you look at this team, you look at your Najee Harris's and you look at the defense and you see guys like T.J. Watt. You see guys like Minka Fitzpatrick. You see guys like Cam Hayward, heck you see the guys on the injured reserve like Tyson Alualu and Stefan Toett. The Steelers have some legitimate talent, and if you compare some guys around them, they should be a good team, but they simply just don't have that talent this year. Injuries, money are a big factor why the Steelers personnel hasn't been good enough this year. But despite this, they continue to win football games and really they've done oftentimes in dramatic fashion, and you couldn't do that without great leadership and great coaching. And I know some of you don't want to hear it, but that's the fact of the matter. The Steelers wouldn't be 7-6-1 if they had bad coaching. If the Steelers' coaching was as bad as I know a lot of people believe it is, if it was truly that bad, truly that bad, the Steelers would be well below 500 and be pretty much closing in on not being in this year's playoff. Already. With three weeks to go, there's still almost a month left in the season. If if there was, yeah, heck, you saw what Urban Meyer did in Jacksonville. If you had a coach like that on the Steelers, what would they be? You had a coach that's bringing everyone's mindset down, making them be worse football players. If that's what the Steelers had right now, heck, you you'd be you be kidding yourself if you thought they'd be a seven-win team still. Does Mike Tomlin make mistakes? Yeah, of course. He's human. Everyone makes mistakes. There's no perfect coach. Heck. Uh, I, I know from Patriots fans, and like a lot of people will tell you, Bill Belichick's still the greatest coach in football. Belichick's still, like, when it comes to fourth down plays, fourth and one, he goes for it less than any coach in football. And I know Patriots fans w- want to crucify him for it. That, like, that's just a fact of of life in the NFL. No one makes every decision perfectly every time and obviously there's hindsight and being a fan it's easier it's easier to point to said hindsight uh, to give a real reason why um, teams struggle or, or given why some of these coaching decisions come out worse than they really are like uh, Coach Tomlin's first half uh, kind of snafu with calling a, calling timeouts against the Titans yeah that sucked but he had his reasons for it, It was it unacceptable? in hindsight yes, but if the Titans were were to be able to if the clock ran out on the Titans or you know, something along those lines, really, if if they made a mistake of a play and they didn't get any points at the end of half, you know what, things, all of a sudden you'd be calling him, uh, calling that play, that sequence of plays, a different story. Now, we'll get back into this topic and whether or not the Steelers are truly worthy of that seven-win crown and whether or not they'll break that 500 uh, plateau and uh, continue Mike Tomlin's stretch of uh, seasons to start his career without uh, dropping below that 500 bar. So stay tuned. We're going to jump into a quick break, make that, and we'll be back for live Mike action in just a moment. Hey, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it's time for the second half of our show here today. Once again, my name is Michael Becker, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and if you want to continue the conversation with me, make sure you follow me on Twitter, at MichaelBeck56. I love talking Pittsburgh Steelers football with each and every one of you, and I'll try to respond to each and every question, or just comment you have on this team, we can continue this conversation uh, over on Twitter. Uh right there at Michael Beck 56 once again. And if you want to get every single uh, BTSC story the moment they drop, you can do that by following the the website itself on Twitter at bt steel curtain that would be behind the steel curtain you'll uh, you'll get all the great content we post daily and heck that breaking news the second uh we can have that posted so make sure you can go ahead and follow both myself and the website account over on the twitter twitter sphere getting back into today's show here Really, the Pittsburgh Steelers and seven wins they currently sit at with three weeks left to go in the season. Now, I know my, I uh, know your enemy co-host, uh, Jeffrey Benedict, has kind of been the guy that says the Steelers would be the team that, that manages to go 8-8-1 eight, eight and one and uh, keep Mike Tomlin's uh, kind of record alive uh, when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to his streak of uh, consecutive seasons starting a career above that 500 mark. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure he said that back in the preseason long, long, long before the Steelers ever tied a game. And right now, there's a definite chance the Steelers could do just that if they could finish the year one with just one win. Now, it's also possible the Steelers could win multiple of these remaining games. We know they got the Chiefs in Arrowhead. That's going to be a brutal matchup, but at the time of recording this, the Chiefs look like they're starting to have a, a little bit of battle against COVID-19. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I know their kicker, Harrison Butker, and some other players have kind of popped up on that list, and their status for Sunday's game will be in doubt. Um, heck, they could all play, but uh, as time moves forward here, we'll get some more of a clear answer on that moving forward. Uh, of course, divisional games, they got the Cleveland Browns in Pittsburgh before they And the year off going to Baltimore, which, heck, could end up being a clash for the divisional crown. Yes, believe it or not, it really could come down to that game, depending on how every single thing works out up until that point. So that that will be a, a pretty interesting thing to watch out for. But, uh, of course, that is what's going to affect the Steelers' uh, record moving forward of each and every one of these games. And, really, if the Steelers want to make the playoffs 3-0, it's going to be the easiest way to do it is winning the division. The uh, wild card spot does not seem like it's going to be uh, any easier than winning their own division. So winning out is kind of key for the Steelers here. But, um, heck, as I said, I don't know if they're a seven-win team, let alone a playoff team, but they put themselves in a position to do exactly that. And that's something they should pat themselves on the back for. Because, really, when I watch this team... Some of the fundamental flaws are, are just jumping off the page, really. The, their offensive line struggles to open up running games, running lanes, rather, uh, for superstar running back Najee Harris. They struggle to keep Ben Roethlisberger up, uh, upright or give him any extra time back there in the pocket. Uh, a lot of the receivers still struggle holding on to the football. I know Deontay Johnson's kind of figured that out, but it's still been a fundamental issue for the Steelers receivers. Offensive play calling can still be a bit of a mess for Matt Cannon and company, but really, I would attribute that more so to this, the fact the Steelers kind of limit what Matt Canada is able to call. Ben Roethlisberger, he's a statue in the pocket. It's like he has concrete in his knees because of uh, all the injuries he's battled throughout his career. He just isn't the guy that could run around anymore. Uh, and with the combination of the Steelers O line and these receivers, it limits what he's able to do with his uh, with his offense, and really it could be different when there's some new bodies in play next year. But despite this, the Steelers have still scored with the best of them late in games, and they haven't been able to do that consistently. But uh, they've shown signs of being able to move the football. So it will be uh, somewhat of a, an interesting path to see whether or not the Steelers can figure it out at all these last three games, or whether or not uh, some new blood in this offense uh, come 2021-2022. I suppose it'll be 22-23 by the time next season rolls around. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see whether or not his offense is more effective with some different bodies. So it's kind of hard to point the finger at everyone that's in place right now, because really, I don't know if the coaching offensive coaching staff I should say, is built for this year's team or kind of built for the future. So I think that's another one of the factors why the Steelers' offense has kind of struggled so much because it's not really the perfect offense for an older Ben Roethlisberger. Um, And who knows, things might be a a little different when uh, you got some new and different faces uh, in the said offense. Now, the Steelers' defense, if they want to really prove that they're a playoff, caliber unit they need to kind of do some of the things they did against uh, the Tennessee Titans they need to put up sacks they need to force turnovers that's really that's the big one they need to force turnovers when the Steelers don't do that they're losing football games and one of the things that's also interesting it's not just the Steelers offense that wakes up in the second half the Steelers defense I'm pretty sure forced all their turnovers in the second half of that Titans game It's just one of those things. This Steelers team, they sleepwalk their way through the first half and somehow give themselves enough space to still creep into the playoffs. Whether or not, excuse me, creep back into games. And I I don't know if uh, they really deserve like half these wins they've been getting, uh, especially because just how poorly they played in the first half. It's almost like they're trying to damage uh, to, to, excuse me, to kind of patch up the wall before the flood comes in. They do it enough, and then battle back, and really, we've seen it the last number of weeks. They're able to win games uh, against uh, the the Titans and the Ravens, but in other circumstances, they get their butts whipped, like they did against the Bengals and the Chargers and the Vikings. This they've had some embarrassing efforts. They've had some kick-ass efforts, and really, you don't know what you're going to get from this team on on a really a drive to drive or really quarter to quarter basis. If the Steelers could figure out and like. Excuse me. Play that style of game that they play in the fourth quarter throughout an entire game. Heck, sure they could. They could knock off the Chiefs. Why not? The Steelers in the fourth quarter have been the best version of themselves, and it, it, it's frustrating to sit here and talk about it week after week. But until the Steelers can be a fourth quarter team and play every quarter like they do the last one, they aren't deserving of uh, of. Being 500 of winning these games, uh, they're kind of relying on other teams making mistakes to win these football games, and that's kind of what we saw against the Ravens, that's what we saw against the, the Titans. It's just teams making mistakes leading to Steelers' victories. Is there anything wrong with that? No, uh, does that make you a good team? No. It's it, it's sad to say, but the Steelers until they can kind of really take over a game and maybe win win a slugfest or just win it on their own and not struggle for majority of the game and not like specifically focusing on the on the Titans game. The Steelers were outgained by a ridiculous margin. They were out uh, possessioned. Like the Titans had the football for close to two thirds of the game. It, it's crazy the split. But then, uh, outside of turnovers, the Titans kicked the Steelers' butt. If it wasn't for those turnovers, we'd be talking about a loss and probably talking uh, whether or not we should be looking at mock drafts right now. Really, that's kind of what we're faced. The Steelers, they they pull it out because of uh, some timely fumbles and interceptions that saved their season, really. And each of those plays were bigger than the last one. Because of that, the Steelers are still alive. You take away those four plays... They're, pro- they're, they're definitely 6-7-1. If those four turnovers never happened, there's no way the Steelers win that game. They couldn't, they couldn't move the ball. And even with those turnovers, they couldn't move the ball. So to sit here and think, like, you know what, they're an above-average team, I don't know if that's true. They could win the division, and I'd still be sitting here like, you know what, they're not an above-average football team, but thankfully the rest of the NFL has a, a certain level of parity to it this year unlike most years. They've been, it's been like a consistent bar across the league where it seems like anyone can kind of beat anyone on a week-to-week basis more so than ever. Any given Sunday really kind of feels, uh, feels more true than ever this year. It, you saw the Detroit Lions go kick the butt of the Arizona Cardinals who have arguably been the best team in football this year up until this point, And Detroit smoked them and they've arguably been the worst team in football. It's just one of those funny things in the sport, especially this year, is the level of parity, which gives the Steelers a fighting chance, I suppose. If the Steelers were to make the playoffs, heck, if they were to win the division, I don't know if I'd be sitting there saying, like, you know what, absolutely they have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Like I would be genuinely shocked if the Steelers were able to pull something out of their rear ends, win the division I would still be in absolute shock if they were to go on and heck even make it to the AFC title game they just haven't been that team this year like not to bring them down but the amount of games that they've won that they probably shouldn't have, heck even the Bears game, the amount of calls and I know we sit here as Steeler fans probably forget about that game but like the amount of officiating decisions that kept the Steelers in that game. We can rag on when the calls go the other way around, but like that one, the Steelers really got to, got one kind of handed to them, and that was a huge factor, like why the Steelers once again are where they are. Tying the Lions, yeah, sure, that sucked. That, that raining game just threw a wrench into a, a whole lot of the Steelers' plans and getting their butts kicked twice by the Bengals, that, that held them back. But once again... The Steelers have a chance to make the playoffs whether or not they really deserve it. <laughs> that uh, they let the Seahawks run down their throat with the backup quarterback and the Seahawks aren't even, like the Seahawks are one of the worst teams in football this year. H- how many games have the Steelers dominated wire to wire? Really, I know football is a game of inches and a game of one single play can affect the outcome of any game. But you look through the Steelers' wins. If it wasn't for that block-punt touchdown against the Bills, do they win in Week 1? You know, and, like, it's just one of those questions that you always kind of have to, like, obviously take with a grain of salt because, once again, anything can happen on any given play. But it's just one of those things. Like, if the Browns just turned around and gave Nick Chubb the ball in that first game against Cleveland, would they have won that game? The Steelers couldn't stop the run, but Cleveland just got silly and started throwing the ball over and over and over. And the Steelers didn't have a kicker in that game. Like, like, how many of these like crazy decisions like probably go a different way? If John Harbaugh kicks that extra point, the Steelers go to overtime in another consecutive game against the Baltimore Ravens, no less, and anything could happen. We saw what happened when the Steelers went to overtime against Detroit. They couldn't do nothing. T.J. Watt was the hero against the Seahawks. Like, heck, like there's been so many opportunities for the Steelers to lose these games, but they've clawed back... Because of call it coaching, call it veteran leadership, call it whatever, they've been able to win some damn football games. And you know what? Power to them. To their credit, heck yeah, it's a great to be a Steelers fan because. And when they win games, there's organizations that would have folded and lost all those games. Like, heck, if if this team was wearing Detroit Lions uniforms and like their coaching staffs of, of recent years, yeah, like <laughs> they'd probably be a three win team right now. But no, they wear black and gold, they play up for their coaches, they play up for their city, and they're winning games they shouldn't. So, in that sense, it it is exciting to be a Steelers fan. It's exciting because the Steelers win games that they're not supposed to. And they've done that consistently the last couple years, when they've kind of been on that backswing of the pendulum, but still they put themselves in position to get in the playoffs and to compete for championships, regardless of whether or not they deserve it. And I'll leave you on this note. When you look at the Steelers roster, it is clearly flawed. You look at teams like the LA Rams or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or you just go around this this league and, and look at the best teams in football. Uh, the Steelers' roster's not stacking up with those opponents. Uh, their offensive line's one of the worst in football. Their defensive line, aside from Cam Hayward, has struggled against the run. Their linebackers get swallowed by offensive linemen. Uh, DB's not named Joe Hayden c- kind of get torched on a weekly basis. Offensively, like, mention the O line, like Ben Rothersperger is nowhere near what he used to be. It's it just, like, you look at this team and, like, how how much. How much of this roster is really playoff caliber? How much of the starting lineup really is playoff caliber? Really, there isn't too many spots, but the Steelers will themselves into victories. So with all that being said, the Steelers can still make, it, make a push to the playoffs. They can still go on a run. Heck, any team can get hot at the right time. Is it going to happen? I doubt it. But you know what? Kind of doubted this team being able to get to, to this mark, this 7-6-1 and one mark. Throughout the last few weeks, when they've uh, when they've struggled so much against a number of opponents. So, once again, with all that being said, you've been listening to the live mic from behindthesteelcurtain.com. Um, and lastly, make sure you click over to behindthesteelcurtain.com, which should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. You'll get some great breakdown of that Titans game. Get some more great preview of the Chiefs game that is up ahead. And just make sure you're listening to the entire family podcast here from BTSE. There's tons of great content coming to you each and every day. So hit that like button, five stars, subscribe, leave a comment, what have you. Anything you do to help support our show helps get us, get you more great content. So make sure you're just uh, following along for, for the ride. And once again, thank you for listening to today's edition of Live Mike. My name is Michael Beck. We will catch you guys next week.